This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Olu George Ministries presents Focus on Freedom Podcast. We're covering the face of the earth with the knowledge of the glory of God. Welcome to an encounter with timeless, transcendent, and triumphant truth. Here's your brother, friend, and messenger, Alu M. George. It's such a joy for me to be back with you this last time. You know, I honestly thought that we finished our study on the subtitle, Jesus, the healer, the mender, the restorer, and the repairer of our health under the main title of the Foursquare Gospel. I really, really thought we had finished last week. But as I sat before the Lord, as I ruminated and turned over all the different moving parts that are complete this very, very crucial message, a message that is hardly being taught to the body of Christ, a message that is very important to me, very significant to the preaching of the full gospel of Christ. Remember, Paul says in the book of Romans, he says, after I've gone from Rome to Illyricum with mighty signs and wonders, I fully preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. Until we preach Jesus as healer, we have not preached the full gospel. Jesus is savior from sin. Jesus is savior from hell. Jesus is savior from life, deliverer. Jesus is baptizer in the Holy Spirit. But until we include that aspect of healing, I'm afraid we have not preached the full gospel. And this is not about what we want. It's about making Jesus famous. It's about the power of God to advertise his power and to bring sinners to their knees just by one singular act or even several acts of healing. I know from experience that very few things communicate the love of God as divine healing to those who receive it. Now, I feel very strongly that I need to make some some corrections, some adjustments, um, you know, maybe smoothing some rough edges. Um, I'm very, very concerned about imbalance. Balance is the key to life. We don't want to be too far out on the right. We don't want to be too far out on the left. We want to be in the middle of the road. We don't want to be too far out because on one side or the other, we end up in a ditch. But in the middle of the road, a little bit of a left, a little bit of a right. So let me begin by saying this. After all we have said regarding divine healing and Jesus as the, administ- as the minister of divine healing, let us remember that Jesus never criticized or forbade anyone from the use of natural means. Jesus never criticized anyone for seeing a doctor. I've looked in the scriptures for an example. I can't find one. So, it may be wrong for us to criticize, to judge, to condemn, to spite those who depend or who use means outside of faith and prayer. But having said that, I must be honest enough to add that Jesus never endorsed the use of means either. Jesus never said to anyone, go take your medication, take your prescription like 
the doctor tells you. Well, it was a different time, understood. And we'll come to that shortly. But the important thing is Jesus did not criticize the use of medicine. Jesus never said, if you take medicine, you don't trust me, you don't, I'm disappointed in you. I, I don't see any evidence or even a hint of that from Scripture. Now, somebody might say, well, Jesus told the leper, the healed leper, to go to the priest and to offer the sacrifices prescribed. But when you look at that scripture closely, Jesus wanted them to go present proof, evidence, and testimony to a healing that already took place. Because in that culture, in that dispensation, in that covenant, when someone with a skin condition recovers, they have to be admitted back into civil society. The priests must acknowledge that they've been healed. Otherwise, they will still retain the status of being a leper, for example, in which case they, they are not allowed to live with other people. They're not allowed to touch other people. Like the woman with the issue of blood, she wasn't allowed to be in civil society. She wasn't allowed to touch a holy man like Jesus in the dispensation of that time. So Jesus here tells them not to go get healed, not to go carry out sacrifices to get their healing, but to demonstrate to the priesthood that they indeed have been healed and for them to be admitted back into civil society. Now, we have to talk about the curious case of King Asa in 2 Chronicles 16, 11 to 12. Let's see what that says. 2 Chronicles 16, 11 to 12. And behold, the acts of Asa, first and last, lo, they are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. And Asa, in the thirty and ninth year of his reign, was diseased in his feet, until the disease was exceedingly great. Yet in his disease he sought not unto the Lord, but to the physicians. And Asa slept with his fathers, and died in one and fortieth year of his reign. Asa became sick in his feet. The implication is it began like a small thing, like a little thing. And then it became progressively worse. And all throughout this sickness, Asa refused blatantly to seek unto the Lord, but he sought only to the physicians. We can project or conclude that perhaps if Asa had sought the Lord, the story might have been different. Now, Asa's refusal to seek to the Lord rather than the physicians, or even both, did not just start in the 39th year. Now, Asa was a great king, was an intercessor king, who instituted a lot of spiritual reforms, brought revival to Israel in his time, even though he had not so great a heritage. He was the grandson of Solomon. The king who was so beloved and so blessed by God, but ended his life in the most horrible way. Solomon did not end well. He's a a descendant of Abijam and another king who wasn't so great. So he didn't have a wonderful heritage handed to him. But he turned his life around and became a model king for 35 years. But in the 35th year, Asa did something that was out of character. He entered into a covenant with an even king, 
because he was being threatened by another king, another heathen king. The prophet Hanani came to Asa and rebuked him sharply. The Asa of previous years would have repented immediately, rectified his way, asked the Lord for forgiveness, and broken his alliance with this heathen king. But this current Asa rather put the king Hanani in prison. Let us look at the rebuke of the prophet Hanani to Asa. He says, Because you have relied on the king of Aram and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Aram has escaped out of your hand. Were not the Ethiopians and the Lubim an immense army with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the whole earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. King Azan, you have acted foolishly in this. The issue was not making a covenant with another king. The issue was relying on the arm of flesh, relying on a human king when he could have relied on God. What a misfortune. What a short change. We have the opportunity to trust God. And yet we could not. I tell this story to say, isn't it curious that a man that has worked with God for decades suddenly gets a little problem in his feet and could never rely on God. And the problem gets worse and worse and worse, and yet he could never rely on God. He relied more on physicians. You see, our God does not like competition. Our God wants all of us. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your might. And thou shalt love the neighbor as yourself. God doesn't want us to love him 99%. He wants us to love him 1,000%, 10,000%, and then one plus. He wants all of us. He doesn't want most of us. He wants all of us. Now, I understand in those days, physicians were also sorcerers. Physicians also practiced magical arts. They also got into occultic things. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that hasn't changed much. The pharmaceutical industry is not a very godly place. The pharmaceutical industry is not offering us everything that they know is good for us. Just two, three, two years ago, or three short years ago, medical professionals were encouraging pregnant women to get vaccinated, knowing for sure it's not good for pregnant women. At the very least, it's not good for anyone, but it's terrible for pregnant women. Some are still pushing vaccinate, vaccinating six-month-old babies up to now, in spite of tons of evidence to the contrary. My question to us, myself included this morning, or this night, I'm recording in the morning, but you might be listening at night. My question is, what will happen if we relied on the word and the prayer of faith, the way we rely on doctors and, and pharmacists. What will happen? Let me give you, a, let, let's read that scripture. Proverbs, 20, Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 25. It's a choice. Asa practiced relying on something other than God. You and I have been trained to rely on something other than God. In every area of our lives, we rely on the banks. We rely on credit cards. We rely on family. 
fortune or lack of it. We rely on begging. We rely on our contacts rather than rely on God in financial matters. When we have difficulty, we rely on psychologists and psychotherapists and psychoanalysts and psychiatrists rather than rely on God. Proverbs 4.20 My son, attend to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they, my word, are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of your heart are the issues of life. Verse 24, put away from you a forward mouth and perverse lips put far from you. Let me read that to you in the Passion Translation. I hope we have enough time today to go through this. Listen carefully, my dear child, to everything I teach you. Pay attention to all that I have to say. Feel your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then as you unwrap my words, they would impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Avoid dishonest speech and pretentious words. Be free from using perverse words no matter what. Give attention to my word. Meditate on my word until my word completely renovates your mind and completely transforms your speech. Listen, meditate, read, study, pray into, roll around in your mind, ponder continually my word until my word completely transforms your thinking and frames your thoughts. Until, just like your mouth tastes rotten food and you spew it out, your mind rejects rotten thoughts. This will not happen with five minutes of Bible study per per day. These will require continually, hours, daily. And we, more than any other generation, can do that through audio Bibles. Now, there's one, one, one very important point. He says, "For my word is life to those who find them. It's not for everyone. It's not for every reader. It's for those who find them. And those who find them seek for them. Those who find them search diligently for them. Those who find them search and dig and dig deep and pan for them and prospect for them. It takes effort. It takes time to find treasures. If you're looking for gold, you're going to dig deep. If you're looking for tanzanite, diamonds, you're going to dig. It's, It's not easy. Same thing. Those who find the word. The revealed word of God, they dig, they search, they seek. Those who find them, the word becomes life to them. And according to King James and many translations, health to all their flesh. But according to one translation, medicine to all their flesh. The revealed word of God, the living word of God, the word of God has engrafted and ingratiated and implanted into the mind and the subconscious of a man becomes medicine to his flesh, just like Panado or any other medication. The word of God, when you find it, 
in the area of divine healing becomes medicine to your flesh. The key is the word must so penetrate your consciousness and your subconscious that it frames your unforced thought and unforced speech. It flows out naturally upon you. When symptoms come on your body, you don't say, hey, I'm coming down with flu. You say, Jesus is my healer. By his stripes, I'm healed. You say that naturally. Somebody comes close to you and feels you have a temperature. You say, are, you, are you coming down with the flu? You say, no, I'm, I'm healed by his stripes. You can't put that on. You can't pretend this is a reality that can only happen. According to Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night for for their life to those that find, uh, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. James 5, 14. Is any sick amongst you? Call the elders of the church. Let them pray. Let them anoint with oil. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. And if they have committed sins, their sins shall be forgiven. How about we rely on the word, the engrafted word, the discovered word? and the prayer of faith. Proverbs 4 and James 5. How about we rely on those the same way we rely on doctors and pharmaceuticals? God will stay where you put him. God will return. God is an equal opportunity rewarder. If you place him at 5%, you will get 5% on God. If you place him at 25%, you will get a 25% return of God. If you place God at 95%, you will get 95%. God has done everything he can do for us through Calvary. Whatever we get out of our relationship with God, whatever dimension we are able to establish or to access in God depends on our hunger, our desire, and our pursuit of God. That's what the prophet Hanani said to us. The Lord will be with you. To the degree you want him to be with you depends on the demand you made on him, you make on him. If you want God to be your physician, oh, the greatest physician, the physician who doesn't make mistakes, the physician who doesn't need to to check on his medical books, the physician whose medical knowledge does not increase. You know, 200 years ago, doctors bleed people to relieve them of high blood pressure. Just 200 years ago, a little over 200 years ago. That is ridiculous now. Today, doctors send every cancer, almost every cancer patient, to chemotherapy and to surgery. That is ridiculous. Because chemotherapy is only 3% successful. 3%. And yet, it's prescribed with such confidence and with such reliance, chemotherapy does more damage to cancer patients, to their body, to their psyche, than even the cancer itself. And it's only 3% successful. Now, let me ask you a question. If someone goes on is diagnosed with cancer of whatever stage, and they go on chemotherapy and die, do we ever blame chemotherapy? But what will we do if a believer says, and I'm not recommending this, I'm just asking, I'm, I'm just trying to provoke your church mind. If a believer says, I do not want chemotherapy, I do not want any medication, I'm going to trust Jesus as my Savior, and they die, we will immediately blame them for extremism. Why are we comfortable, comfortable if we go to a medical doctor and he gives us a certain set of medication and they don't work? Do we get angry with medical science? Do we get upset with the medication he gave us? 
No, we go back to the same doctor and say, hey, doc, it's not working. And doc gives us another set of medication and we diligently take them again. How about we are at worst taking the word of God that becomes life unto our bodies and the prayer of faith. For when our faith is not strong enough on its own, we ask the elders who know what they are doing, who understand the word of God, to lay hands and believe God and pray over us according to Jesus. How about we take it at least on the same level of seriousness? I am actually advocating that we take the word of God and the prayer at least higher, but baby steps. How about we put them on the same level? How about we speak the truth of Isaiah 53 as consistently as we take our medication based on the dosage on the on, on the uh, on the paper inside those medication? Or according to the doctor or the pharmacist, what they write three times a day before every meal. How about we take the word of God, the implanted word of God that comes from deep meditation of hours and weeks and days of interaction and fellowshiping around the world. How about we take that as seriously as we take the medication? It is in the mouth. It is in the heart. I remember a certain medical doctor, Dr. Lillian B. Humans, who discovered the truth of medical uh, of, of divine healing and eventually left her medical practice and opened a specialized hospital for divine healing for those who have been given up by medical science. And there was a very, very famous story about a man suffering with tuberculosis who came to Dr. Yeomans. And Dr. Yeomans says, well, you have no hope according to medical science. So I'll give you two prescriptions. Isaiah 53 and Galatians 3.13. Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made the curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is he that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, that they might inherit the promise of his spirit through faith. Sorry, Deuteronomy 28 from verse 15. Sickness of every shape, form, and fashion is a curse of the law. So, Dr. Yeoman says, here is your prescription. Deuteronomy 28, Galatians 3.13. Say this continually. Say it in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, every waking hour. Say, according to Deuteronomy 20.28, sickness is a curse of the law. According to Galatians 3.13, Christ has become the curse for me. So, by faith, I do not have tuberculosis. I'm healed. According to Deuteronomy 28, sickness and disease are curses of the law. According to Galatians 3.13, Christ has been made a curse for me. Therefore, I am healed from tuberculosis. According to Deuteronomy 28, sickness is a curse of the law. According to Galatians 3.13, Jesus is made a curse for me and I'm healed from tuberculosis. And he said it today after day, after night, after night. And a few, I cannot remember precisely, but a few weeks or days as the man devoted himself continually, the same way one would devote themselves to a doctor's prescription. One day, Dr. Yeomans had a thud in the room where this person dying of tuberculosis was. And when she ran there to see if he needed help, the power of God had descended on him, slain him. He had fallen to the ground. And when he got up, Every trace of tuberculosis was gone. It is the mouth. It is the heart. Jesus never condemned anyone for taking medication. 
Jesus never recommended it. Because of lack of time, I cannot talk about the mysterious case of Ezekiah. Also terminally ill. He turned his face to God. God healed him supernaturally. And I want to also mention in passing Paul's strange prescription to Timothy. Take a little wine for your stomach. In conclusion, God wants us to be healthy spiritually. That means by through salvation, the forgiveness of our sins, through communion with God, through bathing our spirit in the word, through the washing of the water by the word. God wants us to be healthy so legally. He wants us to have a sound mind. He wants our mind free of fear. So don't don't dwell in fear and not expect the enemy to gain a foothold in your body. Don't dwell on unforgiveness and not expect rottenness in your bones. Don't expect in toxic emotions and negative mindsets. Don't constantly expect the worst. Every headache is brain aneurysm to you. You react as if you've been diagnosed with brain cancer. Just a headache. Maybe you just need a, a nap. Don't stew in anger, in wrath, in resentment without expecting a repercussion. All those things that the word tells us to do, God knows the implication. This body is not designed to function on worry and anxiety. Do not allow worry and anxiety to take a hold of your life. God wants you to practice healing physically. You can't eat chocolate all day and touch all day. Watch TV all day, and the only exercise you do is jumping into conclusions about other people and expect to be healthy. You cannot go on, somebody like me who doesn't get enough sleep. You have to program sleep. You have to program rest. Not fatigue is a great, greater killer than many things in the world. In the world, fatigue, fatigue makes us cowards. Fatigue makes us make the wrong decisions. In fact, I am suspicious. It was fatigue that made King Asa, after 35 years of a stellar work with God, just suddenly switch and began to rely on the arm of flesh. May the Lord give you understanding. And may the Lord open to you revelation. May the Lord open to you his good treasure. If by any means you are listening to this and you don't even know Jesus as Lord and Savior, of what profit is it if you get healed in your body, but your soul is lost in hell forever? The most important healing you need is the healing of your spirit and then of your soul, of your body. Bow down your head and ask Jesus to come and reveal himself to you as Savior, as healer, as baptizer in the Holy Ghost, and as a soon-coming king of the world. God love you. I love you. See you next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Focus on Freedom Podcast. For more information, please visit olugeorgeministries.global or send a WhatsApp inquiry to plus two seven eight one three double zero double six double three. Also, like, subscribe, and share our content on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. See you next time.